Father, we thank you for your word to us. Thank you that it speaks so clearly of Christ, our Saviour. We pray now that as we seek to understand that you will speak to us by your Spirit, that you will open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word, that we may live for Christ, the way of the cross. For his name's sake, amen. I expect some of you have been to Oberammergau, and uh, as you know, the Passion Play there is performed every 10 years, and it begins with the entry into Jerusalem, and the whole of that stage is crowded with people. And then it follows, right through the Passion Play, the events of Holy Week, leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection. And when you're there, which we've done twice in 2000 and 2010, you don't just watch the events, but you enter into them. And there's a difference. I remember very vividly entering into the pain of Mary as she saw her son crucified. And then when the actor playing the role of Jesus was on the cross, he was actually, even as an actor, on the cross for half an hour. And that seemed quite an amazing sort of length of time and thought, my word, that must be quite sort of painful for him. How much more for Jesus, who was on that cross for three hours? And then in the, um, in the course of, the, right through the whole of the play, between at the beginning and then with each uh, interlude, as it were, there is um, a meditative song sung by the choir. And um, the song invites you to participate. For example, right at the beginning, on Palm, the equivalent of Palm Sunday, as the procession is about to get underway, it says, See, the man of sorrows, robbed of all dignity, who does not rule by might, but only through love, who, serving to the end, draws us to his heart and will satisfy all longing and all hunger. And then as Jesus is on the cross, they sing this, Naked, only clothed in wounds, he will soon hang here on the cross for you. And he who loves you, O sinner, silently suffers, endures, and forgives. That's just a little sample of the way in which, right through the play, all those who are watching are invited to enter into all that Jesus can be to them. So, we too, during this Holy Week, have the opportunity and are indeed invited not just to jump straight through to Easter Sunday, which can so easily happen, and we rejoice on Palm Sunday, and then we have another great celebration on Easter Sunday. But what about what happens in the middle? To walk the way of the cross, to engage with that in some way. Now, there are a number of opportunities this week to do that. You can do it in your own homes. But St Mary's, at St Mary's Church, I was speaking to Andy Wheeler this week, and there is going to be a walkway which goes from the 
one end of the church to the other with pictorial scenes from the way of the cross that one can then walk steadily, prayerfully, reflectively. And he brought this 35 metres long and he brought it back from Denmark on the plane somehow. And it is a real opportunity, I think, that it's going to be there open Monday to Saturday from 10 o'clock till 4 o'clock each day. I'm sure it'll be really worthwhile to just participate in that and to walk something of the way of the cross with Jesus. Then, of course, here there's Maundy Thursday communion and the Good Friday events, including the Walk of Witness at half past ten. And on Saturday, there is the Wintershall play twice in the High Street as well, here in Guildford. Um, so there are these opportunities that are provided for us, as well as our own meditation and reflection. What happened to Jesus in Holy Week, of course, was very different from what the crowds had expected. They sang Hosanna, which means deliver up, save, deliver and save. And in their minds, probably most of them were saying, oh, here is someone who's going to deliver us from the yoke of Rome, from the bondage of the Roman oppressors. Deliver us, son of David. Hosanna. And yet when they saw that wasn't going to happen, how many changed their cry to crucify him. Now we have the benefit of hindsight, don't we? And yet we too, I think, face temptations in this week. One is that we almost, as I mentioned, almost bypass the cross. We're so busy with work or family or various events, and I've done that, you know, you, you bypass it almost, which is a sad thing to do. Or, Another temptation is we're so familiar with the cross that we lose the expectation of meeting Jesus afresh, of listening to him. And I've done that too. So we should aim somehow to give time for Jesus to meet with us and us with him on this way of the cross. And I want to suggest three aspects which might just help us in that journey with Jesus, which is part of a lifelong process of transformation. And the first is, the way of the cross is a way of love. It is a way of love. Why did Jesus enter Jerusalem? He knew because he told his disciples on at least three occasions that when he went to Jerusalem, he was going to be rejected and he would suffer and he would die. So he knew that was what was waiting for him. Why did he do it? Why did he go to the cross? Well, the Bible does give us the answer. It is because he loved you and me so much that he went to the cross. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. That was the supreme motive that overcame the temptation he had to give up. You know, it wasn't only in the Garden of Gethsemane he prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Some days before that, he prayed, Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour, that you might glorify your Son. 
So Jesus knew what he was going to go through as he went the way of the cross and into Jerusalem. His heart shrank from it. But his love for you, for me, and for the world overcame his fearfulness. We are loved. And it's as if, as we walk the way of the cross, Jesus will say to you, as he says to you now, I have loved you. And you can put your name in there, whatever your name is. I went to the cross for you. And that's why we have communion so frequently, isn't it? Because we want to remember the centrality of his saving love for us. And so for us too, as we walk the way of the cross, it is a way to be a way of love, overcoming the self-centeredness that so often just gets in the way, doesn't it? And that's always a challenge, you know, and we keep on having to learn this, don't we, and relearn it. And so this week, there may be some area in which God wants our unselfish love to grow as we think and reflect and listen. As we think of Jesus, and the verse of that hymn comes to mind, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? And we will want to show our love in return to him and to others. And then maybe as we listen, some new aspect, some new person that God lays upon our hearts where we can express that same love that Jesus has for us. So it's a way of love. Second, it is a way of obedience. Your king comes to you humble and riding on an ass. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And the writer to the Hebrews, a wonderful verse, although he was a son, yet learned he obedience through what he suffered. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think about it, what he learned obedience. He learned the cost of it. He learned what it really meant to obey because of what he suffered. And it may be for us that obedience can be costly. It may be at work that we don't want to engage in any dishonourable practice, refusing to compromise standards or to tell a lie. And for people, Christians, many Christians have experienced this, it can mean foregoing a deal in business. It can mean foregoing a promotion or advancement. Being true, it can be, a, it's a way of obedience that can be costly. But Jesus says to us, if you love me, keep my commandments. And go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. We hear actually, uh, uh, when I was preparing this, um, I was thinking about, we really hear too little about obedience, but actually we did hear it last Sunday, didn't we? Do you remember how the uh, visiting speaker, he said, whatever God says to you, do it. And I was thinking about that during the week. Thinking about what Jesus said, you know, about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, those who are on a secure foundation are those who hear my words and do them. Now, that can be quite a challenge, and I was thinking about all you folk here, and I think actually a lot of you are doing 
And what Jesus might be saying to you as you go through this week is, you are in the place where I want you to be, and your way of obedience is to continue in what you're doing, on the cameo committee, helping with the special needs work, perhaps caring for a member of your family or more than one. And that's where God has placed you, that's where Je what Jesus wants you to do, where you can show the love of Jesus. Or it may be with children's work or your daily work or some aspect of mission or pastoral care that you're involved in. And your way of obedience is not necessarily to do something new. It may be, and we always to be open to what Jesus might say to us about something new. At the same time, it may often be that what Jesus is saying to us is, carry on doing what you're doing. You're walking already in the way of love and of obedience. And thirdly, the way of love, way of obedience. Thirdly, it is a way of sacrifice. Jesus experienced poverty, loneliness, rejection and suffering, and ultimately giving his life in sacrifice. And you know, all the sacrifices of the Old Testament, they never fully dealt or finally dealt with humanity's need of forgiveness. There's an old hymn that goes like this. And some of you may know it and some probably don't. It says this. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain. But Christ, the heavenly lamb, takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. My faith would lay her hand on that dear head of thine, while like a penitent I stand and there confess my sin. Believing we rejoice to see the curse remove, we bless the Lamb with cheerful voice and sing his wondrous love. Remember you seeing that, some of you? No? By Isaac Watts, one of the best hymn writers. I can remember seeing that as a young boy. <laughs> so, a way of sacrifice. And we can pray the prayer that does come in another hymn. Help me to take it in, what it meant to thee, the Holy One, to take away my sin. As we walk the way of the cross with Jesus, something of the amazing wonder of that sacrifice and the depth of it can reach our hearts and minds. And in our discipleship too, it is a way of sacrifice to listen and hear what living a sacrificial life may mean for us. And do you know the Bible tells us what that is? Listen to this, Hebrews. Do good and share with others, for such with such sacrifices God is pleased. If you're doing good wherever God has placed you, if you're sharing with others, that is a way of sacrifice with which God is pleased. Isn't that wonderful? The way of the cross, then, is the way of obedient and sacrificial love. This week, take time. Go to St Mary's or one of the other opportunities there is to enter even more into what it meant for Jesus and listen to what it might mean for you. Put yourself in that place, somewhere where you can discover 
what aspect of Christ-likeness he wants to grow in you. And you may be surprised. You will certainly be blessed. Amen. Let's have a time of quietness where we just afresh align ourselves with the presence of Christ. And I'm going to end with another little excerpt from Oberammergau, from the reflective song and prayer uh, at the cross of Christ. Arise, faithful souls, approach the Lamb who voluntarily offers himself for you. Behold him on the cross and see, hanging between robbers, the Son of God pours out his blood. See what his love can do for you.